Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get, get it, it on. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. We did that already. We did it, yes. We got our New Year's podcast New in. Year's is over. Yeah, and I actually like, you know, I thought it was a nice retrospective. That, uh, decade. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Most people were just talking about the last year, but we, we did the whole decade. We did the whole like, thing. It was actually probably an incredibly eventful, you know, decade for MMA, so it was good. And I and I know a lot of people appreciate that. So, and thank you guys for the positive reviews and, and notes that I get. Um, very much appreciate You get the positive ones, I get the negative ones. You get the negative ones? Yeah. <laughs> There's not it. that many. <laughs> We had, we left negativity in 2019 and we moved on to 2020. So don't send us negative comments. I won't read them. Uh, we got some. I got some constructive stuff. I got some constructive stuff. So uh, anyway, we're doing construction. Construction. Yeah, always working. All right. So um, big fight coming up. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Cerrone versus um, Mister. What's the Irish guy's uh, name again? Can't remember. Can't remember. Something, oh right, McGregor. Yeah, something like. Uh, Something Mick. <laughs> That's a huge fight, and so so you know it's interesting because um, everybody's everybody's asking me my analysis of the fight. So what's what's your take on the fight, Matt? Uh, I <coughs> I would be surprised if Cerrone won, but I think he is taking the fight obviously very seriously. It is a huge platform. He's already a great fighter. Um, I think it might. Be an upset. I think Cerrone's going to surprise us. Mm. If not a win, it's going to be a really good fight. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because that that's a that a lot of people are betting on McGregor, and to me, it's this fight is a little too close to call. So it's one of those fights where there's certain fights where I know this guy's going to win. Like mm. it was um, um, Daniel Cormier versus. Um, uh, Anthony Johnson or something. I was like, oh, of course Cormier's yeah. going to win. Like, it's like, I, this is like easy money if I'm betting, <laughs> you know? But then there's some fights you know someone absolutely is going to lose, of course, the other other direction. And then there's some that are just competitive, especially because you don't know the fighter's not been active. One fighter's not been active, mm-hmm. so you don't know what he's bringing to the table. Has he been consistent in his training? Like, that's something like George St. Pierre always talk about the guy could take two years off and he'll come come back and he'll be super sharp because he's not really taking two years off. Mm-hmm. He's in the gym all the time. And the same thing with Dominic Cruz. You know, Dominic Cruz, you know, lives and breathes for martial arts. And he he even said, Dominic Cruz said a long time ago, he's like, there's no such thing as ring rust. Of course, there's ring rust. There's no such thing as ring rust for you because you live and breathe <laughs> yeah. martial arts. You, you know, never like get rusty. Yeah, and also, you know, he's coaching so... Um, so uh, hands-on, I, I, I have some people yeah. I know it, it, that were talking about his, his training methods and things like that in his academy, and he's very supportive of the younger fighters, and he's coaching. And a lot of times, even if you're not working out, if you're coaching, you're in it, you move around, holding pads, like you'd be surprised how still that translates to maintaining your fight instincts. Um, so it depends. Now, Conor McGregor has been known to, you know, like to have a good time. Has he been in the gym training, or has he been just you know, kind of goofing off. And the other thing is, and this is not a bad thing, he had a child. So, you know, are you spending time with your child? Mm-hmm. So I, I there was one picture that came out of Connor and he is absolutely very much bigger. 
mm-hmm. which makes you think that he actually might have like performance enhanced and then took the time off to like bleed it out of his yeah. system. But who knows? I'm, I'm not making any accusations, but but that's, you know, a lot of times it's like that. But he took a time off, but he is significantly larger, which means he, I think he's making a play to stay at 170 and have the frame for a 170 fighter. Because while Conor McGregor has knockout power at 145, uh, and sometimes 155, he did not, when he fought Diaz, you could see that the the he was not a natural 170 because he didn't have the same oomph that he had at the lower weight classes. And so Cerrone, of course, is 155, but, you know, he's... He can definitely, he's, you know, he's, he's, he can fight at 170. It surprised me that he was at 170, but, um, but, uh, I, I, I don't think Conor McGregor will come in with the same knockout power that he had at 145 and 155. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he will. Um, that being said, um, it goes on to the questions, and we got some questions about this. Like, does bigger muscles, bigger people make, make more powerful punches? And, you know, the answer is yes and no, you know, depending. Depends how you punch, depends, but I'll answer that question later. But um, is he going to have that knockout power? If the fight goes a long fight, I it goes long, I'm, I'm going to kind of give it more to Cerrone. Um, I think uh, as, as the fight goes further, Cerrone has a much larger advantage. If the fight is, a, is right, if Cerrone is also a slow starter. So I think if Conor McGregor comes out very sharp and very aggressive in the beginning, and he, he, he you know, is just all over Cerrone, beginning, beginning it's Conor McGregor comes out mm-hmm. better towards the end of the fight, especially with Conor McGregor's cardio issues. Um, it goes, it's Cerrone. Yeah. So um, depends what fighter shows up. <laughs> Depends. The That's question a cop is, out. Come right? on. No, but it also depends on how has he developed yeah. a knockout power for that weight class, and also Cerrone mentally. This is another issue. Conor McGregor is great at mental warfare, and Cerrone's not. Mm-hmm. Cerrone has, by his own admission, I, I am a huge, tremendous Donald Cerrone fan. I I absolutely adore this guy, but by his own admission, before. You know, the fights, he's had some panic attacks. He's had some, you know, crisis of confidence mm-hmm. like any fighter. And that's that's no disrespect um, that he fights through that and performs. It just shows what an amazing fighter is. This is the biggest fight of his career. But he has a tendency in the title fights to do really, really well in the regular fights and then get to the title match or something like that and just kind of not per- perform. So he's he's coming off of two losses, right? Cerrone? Yeah, isn't Cerrone coming off of two losses? He's coming off a win. I was winning. Um, yeah. Well, they got the way the press conference on Wednesday mm-hmm. of this week, so we'll see what yeah. what Cerrone's um, mood is. Mm. I definitely think that Conor McGregor has been training for a first round knockout. Yeah, like he wants to Absolutely. put on a big show and come back like after so much time off. Yeah, now this he's is the man. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, one punch knockout. Yeah, exactly. He's he's going to try to do what he did to Jose Aldo, like get in his head a little bit, have him come in, counter punch him, crack him. I completely agree. Oh, yeah. He lost to Justin Gaethje. Yeah, he got knocked out. And then Ferguson. Then, yeah, for, right. And which is, okay, Ferguson is really, really good. But I thought that fight, I thought, I, you know, I was really hoping for Donald Cerrone. But Ferguson just was, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's, a, he's a clinch hitter. You know, that's the term, but, clinch hitter. Like in the pressure, in the moment where it really matters, the final inning of the ninth 
the the the, the World Series, the ninth inning of the World Series, boom, you hit the home run. Ferguson is a performer. He he is, and Cerrone sometimes is not. Which I hope I wish he would be because I love yeah. that. Um, I absolutely love Cerrone. Uh, and then Jake Gaethje he came out in in uh, you know a little slow, and Gaethje just has like way too much power. That guy has just cr- crazy power, and I, I don't think he fought as smart in that fight as he as he could have. Um, and you know I think he underestimated like uh, Gaethje, and that was a mm-hmm. that was a first round knockout, right? Gaethje? Yeah. Uh, TKO. Round one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. He it, fought yeah. basically five times last year because he yeah. fought in November 2018 and yeah. then January of 2019. And then he fought in May and then June. Like yeah. this guy. He's very active. Right. He didn't and, take uh, a break. So no. he loves to bring your ass to Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's sometimes I feel that he um, he's not as sharp as he used to be. And it could be also, you know, he left the Jackson Wing camp and he kind of has his own training going on. You know, I don't know what. How he's training, how well, who's coaching him? So he's still great, but you know it comes out. And when he fought, you know um, that 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 wonder the kid he fought this young kid who he was expected to lose to. They kind of and then he just crushed him. It was um, is that Mike Perry. No, no, uh, that was uh, I think after that Mike. It was a younger guy. The, it was uh, right after the two. Which one is it? Yeah, Alex Hernandez. Yeah, and Alex Hernandez, and everybody thought Alex Hernandez was going to kill him. It was like, do you, do you know the killer on the block? And, and Cerrone just whooped the crap out of him. Mm. And when he came out, and he looked like he wasn't going to win, right. and then he just, just wrecked him. And the same with Ali Quinta. You know, he, he did really well in that mm-hmm. fight. But um, those weren't high, as high-profile fights. You know, um, when, when he's a high-profile fight, sometimes he just he, he's, it's difficult for him. Um, but I really hope he, he, he's sharp. Sharper than he was in the last some fights, and really sharp, and um, comes in and, and beats Conor McGregor. That being said, I, I don't know. You know, um, also, you know, Cerrone was fighting like like twenty years ago. It's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I, I can you look up his record again? Six and thirteen. Yeah, he's yeah, and he has he's like some of the most I think the most number of finishes at one fifty five as any other, other fighter. You know, he's yeah. Um, when was his first fight? Can you look up his very first uh, MMA fight? Which is not his first Muay Thai fight. You know, Chris Romulo we had on here. He actually um, uh, fought him, uh, fought with him in Muay Thai. You know, they were on the same team. And uh, uh, way, way back when. When's his, his very first, first mixed martial arts fight was 2006. Oh, 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't as long. But still. But then you go long. Muay Thai, he goes back to 2005. Yeah. Even earlier, no? He had a professional boxing fight in 2003. Oh. So professional fighting started in 2003. But, oh, he started fighting MMA in 2006, huh? Hmm. I mean, professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but still. uh, uh, Yeah, but still. That's uh, 13, almost 14 years now. That's a long time. For some reason, I thought it was even longer, but... um, but that that's he's you know I but I really really hope uh, he wins. I'm very much rooting for him because uh, I I not has nothing to do with Conor McGregor. Well, that's not true. Most <laughs> most wins in the UFC history with 23. Yeah, most wins. Most right, right, finishes right. with 16. He's the most finishes. Yeah. Really, I most thought... post fight bonuses. Oh, most finishes, but not most submissions, right? Uh, it doesn't say. That. Yeah, because most submissions is uh, is uh, Charles Charles Oliveira, right? I think he has the most submissions. But most finishes, yeah, is the most finishes and most knockouts. No, wow, that's he's, great. He's yeah. got a lot of uh, accolades, and he's one of the um, Muay Thai fighters who really, really embraced grappling really well. I mean, he's a he's a true mixed martial artist, and going from grappling, generally speaking, going from grappling to striking 
is easier than going from striking to grappling because there's a lot of stuff you have to retool and relearn and and just add to your game and, and you have to eat a whole lot of humble pie and um and so i think that's one reason why in mma you see more grapplers being successful it doesn't mean one martial art is better than the other but the transition from wrestling into striking is not that hard the transition in striking to wrestling can and grappling especially ground fighting can be very 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 frustrating difficult for people you know mm -hmm. um so for example one reason is that a grappler is used to whether it's wrestler uh jiu-jitsu guys especially but um and and of course sambo guys too um we're used to fighting in all the angles of human movement so sometimes you're on, on standing Sometimes you're on your knees. Sometimes you're on your back. Sometimes you're rolling like a cat. And it's like, you're in, think of a sphere. You're fighting in every single mm -hmm. angle of the sphere. So there's scrambles where you're you know, uh, going for a double, then you do a sit out, then you come on top, then then maybe you try to take the guy's back, but he, he back arches and he fights you and then you guys maybe throw him to the ground and then he does a... You know, could could do a grand B roll, and then you guys do a three sixty, and you know, it could be this crazy scramble. You know, sometimes these wrestlers and jiu jitsu guys these amazing scrambles that go everywhere, and and it's like they, there's this every grapplers have these internal gyroscopes mm -hmm. that keep them centered, okay. but boxing muay thai, you know, they're only fighting in one plane of human movement: your feet on the floor. They're not fighting with their head on the floor. Mm -hmm. They're not fighting with their elbows on the so so going from massive amounts of planes of movement to one plane of movement is easier. Going from one plane of movement to every single plane of movement, that's hard. That's not to say that one martial art is better than that. That's not, that's not my point. My point is the transition to, to be a well-rounded fighter, generally speaking, is easier for the grappler, especially wrestlers, um, than it is for um, the other way around. Mm -hmm. But Cerrone's the, 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 um, the, 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 the um, outlier of that. He's the um, uh, person who started striking and then Amazing, amazing technique in in uh, in grappling in all, all facets of the game. I, I absolutely adore Donald Cerrone. I'd like to meet him someday, and maybe even you know if he the seminar or something. Huge, huge fan of his, you know. And he's so humble too. I've never heard him be anything but humble. You know, it's like has that great Midwestern personality, where he's like, you know, he's like. Uh, you know the old quiet man. You know, like he doesn't he doesn't trash talk or yeah. And like he's just he's just quiet and just kind of just does his thing. Yeah, he just does his cowboy. What he happens really to uh, Conor McGregor if he loses? You know, that's the thing. You know, that's that's a good question. I don't know if he loses, he might. You know, like that's a tough pill as well because this is his fight. He wants to smash Cerrone, and then um, he, he 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 then he wants to go off and fight for the one seventy pound title. Yeah. You know, and and uh, or. Because he doesn't want any part of Khabib. <laughs> and Khabib won't take the fight. They're like, they we're done with him. Really? Which is true because they beat him so handily. And he's not fighting 155. Now he's fighting 170. But, but you know, like, if you lose the title, you kind of have to go back and fight the other guys a little bit. That's true. And he doesn't want to do that. He wants the big money fights. Mm -hmm. So he, so, you know, Connor won't go back to the, to the, the you know, the, the lower level fights. And um, Khabib was like, well, I'm not going to. If you don't earn your spot, I'm not going to fight you. There's a lot of other guys I should fight before this, like mm -hmm. he's fighting, you know, um, uh, Ferguson coming up. So that's a great fight, and I totally agree with that. You know, you got to earn your spot. You got to earn your spot. But you know, as a former champion and Cerrone not being a champion, this is a completely fight that makes sense. I would prefer this fight at 155 though, because mm -hmm. they're both really more 155ers. 
But as you get older, cutting the weight does it is difficult. So, however, if he loses, his plan is off track. You know, it's off track. So, um, I think he'll probably retire. I think if he loses, he's done. He'll do a Ronda Rousey where he'll just disappear and like do pro wrestling and punch an old guy. He's got his whiskey. He's He's got his whiskey. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, winners, it's really hard when you're like used to being the man to not be the man anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier. It's easier. It's it's not the martial way, but it's easier to bow out. Now, of course, as you get older, sometimes you just have to bow out. That's true. But that's not what I'm talking about. And Conor McGregor still has a lot of years in him. But, you know... If you're a martial artist, you you want to step up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. And again, I hate to you know to constantly go back to George St. Pierre, but George St. Pierre, he's like, yeah, I'm going to come back. I'm going to fight Bisping because I see that challenge there. I'm coming back for a fight that makes sense as a challenge to me. And the same thing with not my favorite fighter, but but uh, Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz, you know, he took a, a long break, but he said the reason I took a break was there's nobody really good who who inspired me. And then along comes Masvidal, and he's like, oh, now I want to fight. Mm-hmm. These guys are fighters; they're martial artists, and 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 the, what it ins- inspires them is the challenge that somebody could beat them, and could push them, and that 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 fire makes you want to train really hard. And then if you lose, you get that fire even even more. You're like, yeah, this guy could this guy could beat me. I'm going to train my ass off to make mm-hmm. sure that I don't lose to him. You know, I, to me, Conor McGregor seems like not a martial artist, but a prize fighter. He's in it for the money. Yeah. And he's, he's definitely obviously skilled. There's no question. But what drives him is not the same thing that drives martial artists of that the continuous challenge of self-improvement. If he loses, I think he's done. Yeah, and he's already... Reached the pinnacle of the prize fights. Yeah, you can't I mean, go higher can't, than Mayweather. Yeah, I mean, he just and, and for him, it's the money. Like when yeah. he talks about, it, he's like, anytime you listen to him, anytime he talks, he wants to brag. He doesn't brag about his technique as much as he brags about how much money he makes. Yeah, his suit's made of money. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how much he's going to pay for this fight. I know it's obviously going to be more than Cerrone. It's got to be. I don't know. I'm I don't curious. Know. You know, I don't really. We'll find out that. after yeah. it's over. But I'm sure Cerrone's making a lot of money too. I'm sure. And besides, they're probably you know they're gonna a, a piece of the pay per view, yeah. so you know they you know. Interesting. I'm yeah. sure Cerrone's making a lot of money in this one, I'm and curious. it's good because you know he's always been super loyal to uh, the UFC. He's always been a company guy who you know would take fights like he fights all the time. And there's some oh, mm-hmm. I remember there was one fight where they, they didn't have opponents. Cerrone's like, hey, it's a week <laughs> notice or something. I forgot how much it was, but he's like, I'll fight. Yeah. You know, and now he's you know this is his chance to shine, even though he came up short with his title runs you know um, so I hope he wins and I hope it, he, these guys go far and um, you know maybe one of these guys the winner could fight Karamara Usman you know but the thing is if Conor McGregor thinks he's going to make a, a thing at 170 look what happened to Khabib and you're dealing with a guy who can wrestle ju- not just as well as Khabib but pretty close in the champion <laughs> He's going to just rape you. Like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it to Kamaru Uzma before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would like to see that. That would be a very cool fight to see him just get yamashed. <laughs> Am uh, I biased? Yes. They said uh, Cerrone just signed a new deal with the UFC for seven more fights. Wow. That is that's, a lot of fights great. for a senior. Yeah. How old is he now? No, I don't know. Let's double check. Uh, McGregor's first fight was 2008, so they got to be close. Hmm. In age, uh, Cerrone, where are you? Yeah, and um, he's no spring chicken, that's for sure. He's uh, oh, 36 years old. 36, yeah. Well, you know, they still have a few, especially 36, I think, is 
is not a bad age to fight, particularly if you can grapple more. Though his hand speed, like I said, his hand speed not as quick as it used to be. But I don't know if that's age or, like I said, that he kind of doesn't have a camp. And uh, he's kind of chaining himself, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's work. Like who's training him or where he's going. McGregor's thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one. Yeah, mm, you know. Yeah, peak, peak. Thirty-one is thirty-one. Thirty-two is you know absolute peak for for your martial art mar, MMA fighter, which not like a boxer, which is earlier. You well, know? we'll find out this weekend mm. uh, where that comes out. Yeah, pulling for Cerrone. Yeah. Uh, so, if, are we making a gentleman's bet? Sure. Okay. Who do you got? I'll just let you choose. Oh my god, this. It was a really hard one because, like you said, who shows up? Yeah, I think most McGregor. Pe- most if he people leaning McGregor. If he doesn't close in the first round, I think Cerrone. Yeah. So if you had to, okay, so you want to do that? If if it goes past the first round, you say Cerrone. Yeah. But if it's the first round, it's no win. That's the bet. Okay. Sure. okay so first round, if if McGregor wins the first round, there's no win. But if it goes past the first round, you're saying Cerrone. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But okay, but I'll I'll still take McGregor. <laughs> I can't believe. I'm doing that. <laughs> Why am I doing that? <laughs> and then we each hit mine. <laughs> okay, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> Can't, I can't root for McGregor. I can't do we, that. Do you, uh, how it wins? Decision or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's just like go that? stoppage or decision. I think decision. You think decision? Yeah. I think stoppage. Okay. Either way. I think, you know what? I think Cerrone, um, well, if it goes, I think Cerrone has a very good chance of out grappling uh, McGregor. Really? Yeah. Right. I think so. I think stoppage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think stoppage. Okay, so we're not betting on people. We're just betting stoppage versus decision. Sure. So we race. Okay, so I say stoppage. You say decision. Yeah. Right. I, I think you go either way. It's like I don't really have – I think you're probably going to win this one. Wow. Yeah. Okay, What's what are we betting? Uh, I'll buy you tea. No, no, no. No, no we got it right here. Gonna, we got it right here. Thing? <laughs> so this is a thing. We're going to do a product review today for this product called Fast Strike, which I purchased. And um, How much is it? Uh, it's like – um. 20 bucks or something? I don't even know if it's 20 bucks. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cheap. Do you have an Amazon yeah. or a corner store? Yeah, yeah Amazon. I got it on okay. Amazon. And um, and it's a completely legal self-defense tool. Um, and uh, It's like a blackjack. But yeah, smaller. it's like a blackjack. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, we'll explain it in a little bit. Oh, should we go into it right now? We can. I mean, yeah, you yeah. got so, it out. You might yeah, as well yeah, use yeah. it. So, so it's interesting because I, I, I um, w- was recommended to this by, by a friend of mine. And uh, so I checked it out. And it, and it it is uh, has a, a um, if you guys can see it it's Amazon it's a fast uh, fast strike it has a, a very sturdy handle and uh, it has a bell clip on that handle and then it has a um, um, I don't know what you call this it's coated in pl- in 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 like kind of like P- PVC or something yeah, hard plastic yeah hard plastic but it inside is the um, kind of like the rubber the the, the very um, flexible metal that spirals that you kind of see for in bike locks maybe yeah yeah kind of like that and and it, it functions as a whip so it has this little see I'm I'm pulling the 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 the, the head back and it bounces back so it, it goes back to you know if you swing a baseball bat there's some power there but if you whip you know every time untrained untrained if you pick up a whip and flip it you'll break the sound barrier. Mm-hmm. That is the crack of a whip, the sound barrier breaking. So whips generate more acceleration. So mass force equals mass times acceleration, not mass times speed. Acceleration. They're quite different, right? Mm. Um, uh, and, and acceleration – anyway, we'll get into that physics different. But, uh-huh. but so the, 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 the uh, non, 
hard nature, the, the, the flexible nature of this is much like a whip. So you can generate a lot of force. And I originally have a um, telescoping baton that I, I, I use for car defense where you come out and it's a metal telescoping baton. And it's a pretty good tool. So this is kind of a replacement. It's much smaller. Um, and, um, and it is very, very, very effective mm. and much lighter. So the telescoping baton is a little heavier in your it hand. It folds up. Right, and but the telescope—that's the issue—is the telescope baton does fold up a little bit, mm-hmm. and this one, like I really like it. I really think it's a great tool. It really hurts, yeah. And but it hurts in a different way. The telescoping telescoping baton is like getting hit by a baseball bat. Like mm-hmm. it really freaking hurts. This is like, it feels more like getting stabbed. It's a very sharp, right? Very yeah. sharp pain, and it definitely break your bones too. But if you and it's it's a bit faster because you have the whip action, mm-hmm. so it's a great tool. The problem is, and like I said, it it folds back into this little compartment here. But it is not really, um, it's it's not really that great for uh, uh, carry day to day carry. Mm-hmm. It's just too big. Like you can't here. Yeah. So I think it would be great if if there was some sort of like you know ability for the the the, the, retract, the whip end yeah. to retract, but for car defense. Like this is, I think this is fantastic. It's a great design. Keep it in your car, and if you're in a road rage incident, and somebody here, just whip this guy and and one shot to the head, mm-hmm. um, and oh, you could, shit. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna knock him out. And the problem, the thing is, if you hit a guy with the the telescoping baton, you hit his bread, you're you're gonna, you're gonna kill him. you get you could kill him. This one, you could probably knock him out and it not be non lethal. Although if they go hard enough, I'm sure you could knock him out mm-hmm. too and, and and crack a skull too. The difference but, between yeah. this and like a blunt object, like a baton. Yeah. Is a baton or, or a bat or something like that would almost make me angrier. Oh, interesting. And this, I would like shock me and I'd be like, fuck, what the hell was that? Because it could have been a knife. You know, it feels like that. It, it's like instantly you're like out of it. Like yeah. when you hit me earlier, it was like, I know I got hit with something, but it was like, what was that? Yeah. It yeah. almost like a bee sting times a thousand. Exactly. And that was very light. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting tool. And I would say- Yeah, I'm a pussy. I would say this is also faster because when you're bringing a heavy uh, baton, if you don't have training like in a stick martial art like a Kali or Screamer, you don't know how to move it fast. But if you're facing someone with uh, a knife and you have some range- this is this is gonna mimic. This is gonna be really hard, and it's a great thing to hit the guy's hand, mm-hmm. and he will let go. He will not let go, and, and it's very fast because you can you can here. Let me see, let me let me go. Shit. You know you can because very fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if you guys can hear it on the podcast, it's I'm making the Sinawali. You know the, the these moves that are common in Filipino. Do the Zoro Z. Yeah, the Zoro. Yeah, that kind of thing, <laughs> and, and it's very fast. Where if this was like, it's very very fast, right? Where if it was a, a, a um. A hard tool like a bat or something, you know, the telescope and baton. Mm-hmm. You just unless you have training, you can't move that fast. Without any training, you can move this very quickly. So this is why I'm actually going to give it to my mom, and so she can have it in her car. And uh, but as I said, for day to day carry, it's a little bit too cumbersome. Do you think the tip? Uh, it's a metal tip on it. Do yeah. you think that could break a window windshield? Absolutely. No, actually, they have a demonstration of this breaking windshield. So yeah. you can use it to get out of your car. If yeah, yeah, like... yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and and look, look, like you don't need you don't need so much wind up. So no, 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 watch, watch. Can can I hit this wall here? So watch. Th- there's no wind up. So with the, if this were a metal baton, I'd need a little bit of wind up here like to hurt. Seven it would hurt, right? Long. But here, see this boom. That that's yeah. <laughs> My mouth is full. Right. Help! <laughs> I for the listeners, I just hit that. No. <laughs> Not hard. I hit it very lightly. 
Oh, I hope his wife doesn't listen. <laughs> Help. Help. Okay. So uh, it is called First Strike. We don't get any money from the company, uh, but you can find it on Amazon. Just search up First Strike. Yeah, it won't cost you I too would, much, but it could save your life. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great product. I would say for um, uh, car, car, you know, like road wage kind of thing, or um, if you have some sort of area where you think, you know, like you have a store, and you think people might come in and harass you or mm-hmm. pull pull some sort of weapon on you, this would be great. But for day to day, the great, you know, like your grocery store or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, where you think you might be the victim of, of, of someone coming in, and you want to, you choose to defend yourself. Where as I would recommend. You know, not maybe not. You know, to, to not judging legal. the situation. Yeah, not yeah, kill yeah. Anybody, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but but also, I, would, I mean, you know, you have to judge the situation. I wouldn't say that all situations call for defense. You yeah. know, sometimes you just give the guy the money, he goes away. But but if you're in a situation, you're in a store, you run a store, you're a cashier, you're in a car, or you're somewhere where you're in a, in a, in a in a um an area where you can just store it mm-hmm. and grab it very quickly. That's a good thing. But for day to day defense. It's not that portable, and you come into the quick draw. It's like in your pocket, and to take it out because it's so large is a little bit cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Would probably be not the bit. That being said, I would also say for security personnel, um, you could have it clipped to your belt. Yeah. If you're a security personnel, clipped to your belt, and it already extended, so kind of like this, but extended to your leg. Yeah, exactly. And that that would be good. Riot I would control. just walk down the street with it in my hand. <laughs> You know, I was walking down the street with it, and and I didn't fold it up. And the guy, people gave me crazy looks, and I folded it up and put it in my jacket. Yeah. And and I'm like, wow, people are giving me crazy looks. This crazy. <laughs> this guy was, no, down no, this street. guy was smoking cigarette in front of my in front of my academy, and I walk out with it. And he's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm moving. I'm moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe funny. my eyes scared him too a little bit. Yeah, don't smoke in front of my academy. Yeah, don't smoke at all. That's right. All right. Uh, so we're running to the end, but we want to end the show with some cool questions from from you guys who sent in some questions, uh, either through our Facebook page, Instagram, or if you just have our email addresses like a creepy person, um, you can reach out. <laughs> uh, so we got some questions. Yeah. And we'll run through a couple of them, as many as we can. Lightning round. No, just regular round. <laughs> lightning um, round. Fill in the blanks. There's no lightning rounds with you. Every question requires a long answer. I know. Right? That's what everybody says. That's, no, that's I, not bad. You need full. Inter, you need the background. You know, we're the NPR of MMA, so we have to have some sort of long. You know, you know. Yeah. That's what people say. We're the NPR of MMA. All right. Maybe maybe a little more jokey. Even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NPR after dark. After dark. Yeah. Uh, is it true that Mike Tyson uh, once beat up Wesley Snipes? In a street fight. I heard. Okay, so that actually supposedly happened. That uh, Wesley Snipes was um, cheating on um, on uh, everyone uh, <laughs> on, on with with uh, Mike Tyson's lady friend, and uh, and so he confronted him in a club, and uh, and then um, it was in a bathroom and beat him. Now that being said, I also heard Mike Tyson has two notable street fights. That one, and uh, I think it's. Blood, blood, Joe Bloodgreen, Mitch Bloodgreen, um, they two side both fights. I'd heard that Mike Tyson injured his hand, so it's interesting. Not only did it happen, but as a trained boxer, and boxing definitely has a place in real combat and martial arts. But the way you hold your hands, the way you hold your fist, both times they um, he injured his hand. But it's significantly, that's very well known in the, the street fight with with Green that they had a big fight 
planned, and his hand broke. He had a boxer's fracture, so they had to cancel the huge fight and until his hand healed. So that was really well known. In terms of Wesley Snipe, that's just what I've heard, but I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there or anything. Like, supposedly his bodyguard, uh, Wesley Snipe's bodyguard, talked mm. about it. Like, he's so, like, he stepped out of the way, and just it was in the bathroom, and then and they, Wesley Snipe's on the ground, like, bleh. But the more importantly, I mean, this is silliness. You should not fight over issues like that. But, but the interesting thing is, like, at that time, you're talking about one of the best boxers in the world. The minute he gets into street altercation, he winds up hurting his hand. Mm. Which brings us to another question is, is it better to punch or do open palm strikes in, in street combat? Mm. And and that is a really interesting question, a question with no easy answer. I, I would say it depends on your training. First of all, you have to train more with bare knuckle. Like uh, like my background is is, is bare knuckle karate. So, um, and, and I did that both here in America and in Japan. Bare knuckle, so you learn how to punch bare knuckle and without breaking your hand. You know how what parts of the hand to use and also what parts of the face you don't want to hit. So think of the think of a devil horns, you know, like right here. You never want to hit straight on there uh, uh, because you really hurt your hand, bare knuckle. You want to hit the certain parts. And also there's certain ways to turn your, like hook your wrist where you kind of, you kind of like, I was showing my guys this t- today, right, not today, uh, a, la- a few days ago, where when you throw a punch, you turn your knuckles a little bit so you kind of like graze and pull like pop you pop it rather than like like this and the other thing is when you throw a hook rather than a straight a lot of people throw with their palm down i feel that in a street fight it's much better to throw with your palm perpendicular to the floor and 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 also turn your knuckles slightly inward to stop your hand from breaking um but most of the times you have to kind of pick your shots my favorite place to punch absolutely favorite place to punch in a street fight if i'm aiming for the head is the is actually the trachea. Right. So either he's tucking his chin and I hit his chin, or if he's not tucking his chin, I just punch him really hard in the throat and then and then you follow up with the cross right to his chin. But but the first jab is right to the trachea. I if you don't have that training of how to how to punch bare knuckle, probably palm strikes are 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 better. But that being said, if you palm strike a certain way, um you can actually really hurt your hand too. So um I, I would say people with no training shouldn't do palm strikes or punches. You should focus on elbows. Because hmm. elbows, like I teach the girls that come to my self-defense class, they have no martial art training. Within five seconds, they have a very, very, very you know, um, powerful elbow strike. Um, um, so that that's my answer to that, um, how to punch. There's a great book, and I'm hoping to have a guy on the podcast, uh, Wim Demir. And he has a, a great book, so Boxing for Self-Defense and Street street fighting and um, it's a really interesting question of how you have to punch without breaking your hands and this is also one reason why I love the bare knuckle combat um, that's it's resurgence is because you, see, you right now you know that we talked about this on the show we had Pali Malinacci fighting Artem and Malinacci was so much more technical in his movement his angles his recovery but he broke his hands in the fight he both broke his hands and so that he couldn't fight after a while mm-hmm. so if you're breaking your hands if you're breaking your weapons it means you're training with a boxing gloves and boxing wraps if you have any desire to be relevant in the street take off your wraps and take off your boxing gloves and really start punching um uh with your bare knuckle and and japanese like i'm a real modern martial artist i i don't harken back to the traditional days that much but there's one tool from the traditional days called a makiwara and what they do is you have a piece of wood and you wrap it around with hemp rope 
and you punch that. Now you have to kind of keep, you know, I, I recommend a little bit, uh, you know, make sure you don't cut your fingers because you can get infection. But learning to kind of train that to punch a micro, I used to punch a micro all the time. Learning how to punch is not about conditioning your knuckles. That's what most people think it is. Most people think that that is to condition. No, it's learning how to hold your hands so you don't break your knuckles when you punch. It's not conditioning. It's learning the angles to punch. Um, how not to hurt your hurt and and uh, not not necessarily conditioning. The people who believe in conditioning don't realize that you're just giving yourself arthritis later in your late later as you go. So there's a lot of like condition your hands to punch. Mm. And even in Chinese martial arts, there's this guy who used to used to live in Canada, and and he was a Chinese martial artist from China. He's actually quite famous, but he broke purposely broke his first two knuckles, reset them as a single bone to make a mallet out of his fist. And that's part of his martial art. To me, that's like retarded because (laughs) he could barely like hold a pen and use chopsticks and Uh, stuff. Like, and and as he got older, the arthritis is just terrible. Like you basically destroyed the functionality of your hand Mm -hmm. to fight. But I understand where he's coming from because he wants to make a, 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 a weapon. That being said, all you have to do is learn the proper technique to punch and you can be very effective. Um, but you know that's, that's why I disagree with a lot of where the Chinese martial arts come because they, they feel that they should take the body and turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like tr- make, fight like a crane or fight like a tiger or fight like this. No, fight like a human oh, being, <laughs> you know? And you don't have to break your knuckles, reset them yeah. and make yourself have a gorilla hand, you know? When I was a kid, I used to push people on the ground and then hammer fist them. No, that, that actually makes sense. Ground because pound. No, because right here, the edge of your hammer fist, you can't break your hand. Or you can, but it's very hard. It's the same mm-hmm. thing, the karate chop r- r- strike. It's very hard to break your hand this way where you're here, yeah. right? So that's actually like- Look you, at me. I'm advanced. You, you are. Come on, mom. <laughs> but you just, you thought, that being said, the hammer fist does not have as much power as the punch. But mm. there was a time in MMA, this years ago, where the most common punch thrown more than the jab, more than the cross, was the hammer fist. They took the guy down, pinned him inside, pinned him in crucifix, pinned him in mount, or in turtle, and hammer mm-hmm. fisted him. And still a very common punch. Yeah. So that's, that's, not, that's not like, you know, uh, uh, that's not by any chance wrong. You know, you, you're smart because you just followed what felt natural, whereas a lot of old school martial artists, whether they're the boxing world, the taekwondo world, the karate world, whatever, they'll never really train the hammer fist on the ground or in any specific way because obviously they're not fighting on the ground. But Or even, even boxing, you can't hammer fist. It's illegal. Right? It's not allowed. But it's a really effective punch. Mm-hmm. This is a very effective punch. And probably not a knockout blow, but like 20 hammer fists really freaking hurt. You know, you, you can mm-hmm. knock the guy out like that. Not, not one punch. They usually didn't go that far. And I was like eight years old. So <laughs> eight years old. Like you're you're a very violent eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> when the kids but, start picking on me on the bus, mm-hmm. I got to take them out. Yeah. So that, that's my answer to the, the, the Mike Tyson street fight. two questions two answered in yeah, one shot. Two for one. You got a two for there. Two for guys. Two for. Don't expect it again. <laughs> You got a good deal. All right. Um, can karate forearm block stop a kick? Okay. So this is – I for guys who don't know, I have a background in karate. I started karate in 1975, and I trained under uh, Miyazaki Toyotaro, who um, – was considered to be Chuck Norris's toughest opponent in, in his real competition. If he, says, he says that when they fought a few times, right? And um, my instructor – would laugh when people said that a forearm block could block a kick or or something. So this this is the block you like. Kind of sometimes they call it agi uh, uh rising block. So it's like this. Look look at me like this. Mm-hmm. Now uh, my arm is ninety degrees. It's above my head. 
right? Now, does this have – just push on my wrist, Matt. Push on my wrist. Is that very supported? Does no. that have a lot of leverage? I'm going to push back as hard as I can. Push. No. Does that have any support there? No. Now, am I protecting my face in, in any way? Like, like, I mean, the over, like the, in a significant way other than right here, right for the form. Not really. No, so sure you could probably go over there. it, right? Yeah. Or you could go under probably it. Probably go under So let's just say for sake of argument that I did block a dish rag kick, but it wouldn't. You could easily hit me somewhere else. So this block here, okay? <clears throat> now, sometimes it, it could be like the long guard where you're blocking overhand like this. But notice now, now my thumb is down. My arm is not completely bent, but my thumb is here. Now push my, push my hand again. Push my hand again. Yeah, okay? much more. Yeah, much more. So my arm is not 90 degrees. It's out. And Professor Ken actually talks about this a lot, where it has, how like sometimes these karate blocks can work to stop overhands. But the origin of the this rising block is actually um, more from the weapon orientation. Hmm. So do you ever know what a tanfa is? Do you know what a tanfa is? It's a piece of wood with a handle, yeah. right? It's a piece right. of wood with a handle, right? Um, so here you have a handle and a piece in your fist, and a piece of wood goes along your it's like a o- police baton. Kind of. Yes, that's what it's based on. Yeah. Police baton is based on it. So imagine you came over with a sword cut, and it just mimic like coming down on my head with a sword. Boom. And what's it going to bite to? It's going to bite the into the wood. Yeah. Right. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash you with the other tonfa in your face and, and take you down. Yeah. Right? So a lot of the, the, the old karate moves are actually unarmed moves, uh, armed moves, not unarmed moves. Interesting. The same thing with the kama, sickle, or the sai. Those are designed like you hold the sai. You know what sai is? It's mm-hmm. the trident thing. Raphael. You hold it, yeah, right. Exactly. You hold it backwards <laughs> so you can do that same block yeah. and then you catch – the, the sword in between here, and then you can catch it. Yeah, because so, if you don't have that tonfa in your hand, yeah, your arm is chopped with off. An arm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now it's not just sword, but imagine the same thing with the overhand. But the thing is, if I go like this, I still get hit, right? But if I extend it, hmm. if I extend it, there is some protection there. Well, that's more like a Thai long guard. But that does exist sometimes in karate. So I'm going to do this move like here. Karate guys like do this, this. Like this is part of a kata where you're raising your arms. So that is a rising block where my arm is almost like – this is a bad way to say it, but kind of like a Nazi salute, you know. Mm-hmm. But your arm is slightly curved. We got so, that on camera. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's terrible, but it's, it's everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Anyway, um, but that has the power to protect your head. And Thai people call this the Thai long guard, mm-hmm. right? Like this, or like this, or like this, right? That can block. Um, I still wouldn't use it um, as much for a kick. I would use this block here. This block for the kick where you bend your arm and put it against your head. Um, but most of the blocking in um, in traditional karate is actually designed for when you're holding a weapon and against someone else who's holding a weapon. Because hmm. a lot of the traditional arts, and you look at it, they're very much – or they're designed to enter as he's trying to throw a punch and jam him, which is very much like Tony Blauer's spear concept. This, Tony Blauer invented this martial art called the spear and it's basically that rising block, but you, you jam him. So as you're fighting, as you're block, as you're punching, I jam you in, and then I grab you and I, I punch you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just like um, – and so, so, so that can happen, but not for a kick, more for an overhand blow or kind of a stabbing blow. But th- those, those blocks are actually quite difficult um, to, to do. So could it work against a kick? The answer is no. And my old instructor would say – he would laugh when people – this is – he would make you go on your knees and block, and he'd kick you at like 10%. And then you'd know immediately mm-hmm. you would never do that again because your arm would hurt, right? It's better than yeah. nothing though, right? No, because no. now now you have a broken arm. Oh. Right. So yeah. what I would say is not nothing. I mean, obviously don't stay there. <laughs> but the idea is block properly or uh-huh. 
footwork and move out of the way. Sure. Right. And 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 so my instructor's answer to you know being be hitting was always about moving your body in and out, like mm-hmm. Machida does. You know, it's in and out, in and out. And also, a lot of great fighters today, you know, it's like you're in and out, stick and move in the boxing parlance, so right? Avoid rather than Avoid, right, right. The guy kicking you, move out of the way. Or, again, it goes back to the old Gracie adage, super far safe, super tight is safe. So if you're kicking or punching and I jam you up, yeah. I'm not going to eat that power. So um, it's about the footwork, not what your arms do. Your arms have to be an extension and 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 levered and protected as part of your upper body torso and your legs and your overall position, you can't accept to stay in one position, and and just eat, eat some some move and be okay with it. You know, and that goes for any block. You know, um, even the long guard and and the the you know blocking your head your temple. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer to that one. The answer, simple answer is absolutely not. No. And my instructor, who's you know very very famous karate guy, would laugh when people say that, and he'd make you go on your knees and he'd kick you very gently. And you block, and then you'd be like, "Oh, of course that doesn't work." So yeah. I would say, anybody who who doesn't believe me, go on your knees, have a person just lightly kick you, while with that block, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, that fucking hurts." <laughs> <laughs> now imagine if he's really fucking kicking you, or he's swinging a baseball bat at your head, shit. or yeah. Now if you don't have some sort of weapon, metal or wood, yeah. hard wood, you know that can stop that blow. You're fucking dead, man. What's the best place? This is off the books. This yeah. is my question. If I'm getting hit by a baseball bat, what's the best place to get hit? Shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah, shoulder or or like kind of your back. Uh, yeah, the best pl- place to get hit. Like upper be, arm? Yeah, or? upper arm. Yeah, sh- shoulder. Right. Okay. The worst place, obviously, your head. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Doesn't so, happen but, but often that's, to me. Yeah, but, but that yeah. would say close the distance. So think of the baseball bat. What's the worst place of the bat to make contact? Was the tip of the bat. Mm-hmm. The absolute complete edge of the rotation. So if you step in and take it on your shoulder, like if you step in hard and take it on your shoulder, you take it where the, the, the bat is thinner, mm-hmm. as you step in, you'll probably be okay. Close the distance. Yeah, close the distance. Right, exactly. Right. So again, you can't just block it. You but, have to you have to move. But if well. they have a sword, run away. Yeah, but if, you're fucked. And, and of course. But I mean <laughs> but again the same thing and and you saw this guy there was a there was a, a video with the guy like a machete or something and the guy did the same thing he closed the distance the guy tried to stab him he jammed him up so much and then he threw him yeah. some people say that there was a stage video um i don't know but i've seen a bunch of videos like that uh, it's one running around that last few years it's, it's looked like in in africa or somewhere mm. but it was like a security personnel and then another guy with a machete right and he just closed the distance and then threw him some people say that video was like staged but i've seen 10 or 20 videos just like that that are real mm-hmm. where a guy was coming with a machete with um a long kind of you know some sort of butcher knife or knife a long knife like not not unlike a sword you know and then the guy closed the distance and then boom and he just he throws him mm. So closing the distance is is, is, is key. Um, that, that's I'm my running answer. away. So you run away. Yeah, of course, of course. Away. First thing, no. The first thing, run away and get a chair or a weapon to 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 jam in him. You know, mm-hmm. make space. Run away, make space. Right. If you can't do that, that's that. All right, we got time for one more. One more. Uh, I'm going to ask one that's near and dear to my heart. Sure. Do bigger people have stronger punches? And tell At, me yes, please. Exactly. No, that's that's really you know we talked about this before. Okay, so let's talk about physics. Force equals mass times acceleration. Now acceleration, you know that's it's not it's not stable at eighty miles an hour. It's mm-hmm. going zero to How sixty. How fast do you get there? Right, right, exactly, right. So um, now the majority, like obviously, the more you accelerate a mass, the more force you'll have. The question is, if you how can you accelerate your larger mass? Mm-hmm. So as you get bigger, if you don't train, you can't accelerate as well. So there's a, there's a diminishing returns to size. 
So this is the question with Conor McGregor. He got bigger. Has he adjusted and made sure that his punching form is still the same so level can, acceleration? Right, exactly. Acceleration. No, no, exactly. I know big guys huh. who punch like little bitches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, they punch. Like I'm like, how are you so fucking big? And have absolutely no power, yeah. Dr. Steve. Sorry. Anyway, I didn't say that. <laughs> That's mean. Uh-oh. I'm so mean to Dr. Steve. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, no, but it's like, how are you so big and so strong, but you can't train fat? Because you're not generating acceleration. Where does acceleration come? Your hip turning. Your hips. Mm-hmm. Power from your hands and your feet come from your excel- you're turning your hips. So you have to make sure you have, when you don't turn your hips, people call that arm punching. So watch, I'm going to punch you as hard as I can with no hip rotation. Okay, ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, it's still hard, but yeah, you I felt nothing. crying. Now I'm going to punch gonna you. He's going to what? I'm going to punch you at zero, 2% with hip rotation. It's 2%. Yeah, you I feel mean, the it, difference. It pushed me even. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You see the t- complete difference, yeah. right? I and the first one, I really put in all my force in, but I had zero rotation. It barely hurt. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I'm oh, no force, but I'm really getting that rotation. Yeah. Right? And you're sitting down. Yeah, and the thing is, um, a lot of times you want to snap your punches like a whip. So it's not just rotation, but it's getting that whip action, like again, like the the fast strike. So it's like. I rotate and boom, like that. Yeah, this has been a tough episode. This is a tough episode, right? <laughs> no, you're a big dude. But, um, but that being said, larger people have an advantage in striking. Period. That is true. Mm. Larger people have an advantage. Um, they, they just, they, yes, you know. So, so that's true. But when you're dealing with trained fighters, it's a question of larger and the question of acceleration. You know, but if if I'm fighting, look, if I if I saw you on the street, Matt, and Matt is guys, if you don't know, Matt's a big big guy. He's got a lot of lot of strength. He's he, how tall are you? Six two? Six four. Or six four, sorry. From down here, everybody looks <laughs> after six, after five ten, everybody it's looks. It's all the same. same. Right. But Matt is a big dude. If I ta- thought you, I would never exchange punches with you. I would clinch you, take you down to the ground and and use my smaller size to my advantage. That being said, if I had to if I had to um fight you, what I would do is I would get underneath, inside your range, so your hip rotation is cut, which is Dempsey, Mike Tyson, all these things. When I get underneath, inside your range, I'm not at the tip of the baseball bat. I'm inside the baseball bat. So mm-hmm. suddenly, you're, you're generating, you, you can't generate so much power because I'm too close to you. Um, one of my fighters is getting ready for a fight, and it looks like he's going to fight someone who has a bit more reach. So that's part of our strategy. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so all that's right. my it's answer all science. That. Science. Yeah. All we right. Science the shit out of this. We've reached the end of the show. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Cerrone and McGregor this weekend. Uh, we made our bets on that. I say some decision. You say stoppage. Uh, and whoever wins gets hit with something. I don't know. We'll hit each other with stuff. We'll hit Miles. We'll hit, or we'll hit everybody. Everybody yeah. gets hit. Everybody gets hit. Uh, first strike. That's what it's called. Fast strike. Sorry. Fast strike. Uh, check it out on Amazon. We don't yeah. get any money from that, but it's still a good good tool to, to Yeah, yeah. I totally recommend it for, for uh, static location defense or car defense. Yeah. And um, a lot of good questions. So send them in if you got more yeah. questions for us. Uh, we'll answer them or Renee will answer them and I'll make jokes about it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. See you next week.